Welcome to Project BGR, craft beer and conversation. And did we mention craft beer? The beer guys Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams talk to the makers and creators from the craft beer world and beyond. Now, time for Project BGR with your hosts, Tim and Aaron. Welcome to Project BGR. I'm Tim Dennis. And I'm Aaron Williams. If you don't know, we host a radio show based out of Atlanta, Beer Guys Radio, where we cover the craft beer scene across the Southeast. But we love to talk beer with people around the country. And we've got a great one for this episode. We attended the Great American Beer Festival in Denver, Colorado in October of 2016, and we promise it really was a work trip. So many interviews, Tim, and this one was one of them, of course. We spoke to James Murray, the VP of Brewing, and Ryan Glenn, VP of Operations, from San Diego's Ballast Point. Let's listen. Well, cool. Welcome to Project BGR. I'm Aaron Williams, and we are here at the Great American Beer Festival with the guys from Ballast Point Brewing and Spirits, James Murray, the VP of Brewing, and Ryan Glenn, the VP of Operations, join us today. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having us. Definitely. Definitely. So you guys have been one of the most talked about breweries over the past 18 months. I would say, sure. Um, you know, you, you've got a yeah, right. had a little bit of little bit of a change out there. Uh, you know, it's been quite the ride for you, sure. I'm sure from a from a homebrew shop to a to a billion dollar valuation. What's this year been like? Uh, this year's it's been a steady change. You know, um, sort of a feeling our way out. Not, I wouldn't say it's a lot of big changes, but just just little intricacies. Um, you know, trying to figure out. How we fit in with our new partners and and what they can do to help us and uh, trying to figure out what's important to them that's also important to us and being able to communicate that back and forth with them. They're very good about sort of uh, helping when they can and and, uh, sort of leaving us alone if there's not a good fit there. They're pretty excited about innovation and our ability to do some R&D. So it's nice to have a new set of eyes on how successful we are with uh, research and development or employee brewing programs, so on and so forth. And they get behind it. They're super pumped. It's uh, kind of reinvigorates everyone to get pumped about R&D again. Now, that's uh, we know that the, the founders recently left to you know, pursue other things and that. How's, uh, how was that internally at the company, you know, having a, a change like that? It's obviously a big change, you know. Um, I've been working for the same set couple of guys for almost 20 years and, uh, you know, uh, to have a change come in at the top is is one thing, but truthfully, those guys were a little bit sort of uh, divorced from some of the day to day operations on on our end of the business. You know, we're brewing and ops. You know, so the the financial team and the accounting team sort of felt a lot more. I mean, obviously, uh, when you've got leadership who's been around and kind of knows what they're doing. Um, it's different than when there's someone new in the building. And so it's sort of been our task um, these past few months to sort of get the new team up to speed with what we do and how we do it and, and what the best way is to move forward. Cool. Well, better questions now. We're going to talk beer. That's yeah. Like to talk cool. Fun so, stuff. so exactly. So, <laughs> hey, James, you've been with the company since uh, since 2005. Yep. Um, promoted to Lead Brew in 2007. So you've been around for quite a while. Tell us a little bit about your craft beer journey. What, what got you started and... And what keeps you going? Uh, so I was introduced to really the, the craft beer uh, segment through Ballast Point and their home brew mart. And uh, Ryan Glenn was actually the man who interviewed me 11 or 12 years ago nice. and gave me an opportunity to work for Ballast Point, uh, which I guess I would call it entry level back then. But yeah, it, it was entry level was like you filtered beer, you bottled beer. 
a little bit of everything. Yeah. You had about 18 yeah. different hats. That you yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. different when there's six of us yeah. in total as opposed to departments of 15, 20 days right. in each one. But yeah, I mean, that was really uh, just seeking out new opportunities in life and kind of, you know, seeing what I was really passionate about. And Home Brew Mart, like, enlightened me to how awesome craft beer is and the culture and everything. I just, I glommed on. I was ready for the ride. You just took off. And San Diego is a great beer town, too. So. It doesn't suck. Yeah. Right, yeah. Ryan, how about you? Kind of, what's your story? How did you end up in the craft beer world? Uh, you know, I just started homebrew when I was in college. I figured out how I could make beer before I could legally buy it. And uh, Homebrew Mart, again, was the... they Homebrew Mart, its original location, we still maintain that location today, was across the street from the all-ages uh, punk rock show spot, Soma, in San Diego. Um, so I was watching a show with a friend and, uh, he pointed at the homebrew mart sign and was just like, Hey, you know, we have a homebrew kit in our closet. And I said, no, I did not know that. And there's a little pamphlet in there and a can of malt extract with some old dead yeast. And I went and, uh, followed the directions, tried to boil that up and it didn't work out, but it was interesting enough that it sounded it, like such a good plan. Too, it seemed like, oh yeah, it's just like, dude, boil this for 15 minutes, uh, put it in your closet and two yeah. weeks later you have beer. <laughs> And it wasn't quite well, you're like 19 that. years old. That sounds like a great plan. That was right? alluring. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's but uh, they were able to help me out with the, the way to actually go about it. And at that point, I just I jumped in with both feet. I was home brewing a couple times a week, spent a lot of time at the homebrew shop, waiting tables, going to junior college. You know, I didn't have a really a, a better plan. So I applied for a job at the homebrew shop. About three months later, the delivery driver got fired and... Uh, so I stepped in and started schlepping kegs and schlepped kegs in a Ford Aerostar on Mondays and Wednesdays for until we needed a bigger truck and just kind of uh, grew with the company and it's been uh, over 19 years now. Awesome. And you guys have just been explosive in your growth, especially with the past uh, yeah. few years. Past I mean, five, six crazy. years have been yeah. nutty, nutty. Yeah. yeah, I keep seeing more of your beers. We're, we're in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I keep seeing more of your beers on the shelves every single time I go to a bottle shop. I'm like, oh, there's a new one. There's a new one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's our, our sales and marketing team getting after it. We've always made a ton of different beers. We've always tried to make a ton of different styles. But, you know, as we grow and gain capacity and abilities, we're able to put new things and products and get them out there. And it's a testament to our uh, sales and marketing team to get them to you in, in, uh, in Georgia where – you can, you can find variety. We're lucky to have one beer in Georgia, but to have the variety out there is awesome. Now, speaking of speaking of that, we all know every brewery probably has that that beer that people know. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got Sculpin. Uh, yep. I know you have others, but Sculpin, I'm sure, is is the one that's that gets the most uh, yeah, you know pressure. You got variants on it and all that. You do a lot with that beer. So, outside of that, I'm sure everybody talks about Sculpin. What's a beer that you got you would like guys to know more about and, and get into a little more? Well, I. I Longfin for sure is yeah. on my radar. That's what we drink. Mostly. Lager beer is it. It takes a, a great brewery to make an okay lager beer. Yeah, you know, and if you really knock it out of the park, you're a world class brewer. And so, I'm super proud of our our Longfin lager because it, it, you know, and it, there's a lot of work that goes into that, like nailing it, especially on the the quality side. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know... So it's, a, it's a brewer testament beer, right? Like, yeah. a brewer will walk into any other brewery and go, oh, all right, let me look for that lager beer. Because there's no hiding in yeah. that beer. There's no you, masking you, you, flavor. Yeah. you got to nail it. Yeah. You know, so I, that, that's that's my number one for sure. And it's funny because, you know, we talk to a lot of brewers, too. They always come back to the lagers. You know, they'll always have a pills. pills it's not work. easy. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, you know, when we're talking to them, they got a beer in their hand. 
eight times out of ten, they've got a pills. Yeah, yeah. sure. Something yeah. like yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's and it's hard to get beer geeks excited about that. Those it's education. I mean, I, I think the consumer to get there. We just got to educate them. On Are we going to see the drinking? geeks picking out the, the the light tones in the lagers and that the pills? I'm and sure they'll have a few the, key the, phrases the like VDK, diacetyl. Sure. I mean, I think it all comes back around. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it seems like working in the homebrew shop and talking to beer geeks my whole life, basically, and you know, I count myself among them. Obviously, I want to say that yeah, with yeah, compassion. Of course, well, sure, um, yes. But uh, it, it seems like everybody kind of has this. Uh, a lot of times it's like, oh, fuck, I had a stout, and it was awesome. I never had anything like that. And they get right into stouts. and like, oh, man, I'm going to make a big imperial stout. I love it. And now nah, there's a hop. Oh, I just tasted hops. I'm kind of into that now. And you get into IPAs, and then I think it starts to settle back. All of a sudden you realize, man, I just it's a 9.5% double IPA. It's delicious, but, man, more than about 6, 8 ounces of it. And so you can't crush two or three of those uh, in a session, right? I want That's a like beer. A, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll drink a lager. Exactly. That's funny. So, so yeah, so um, let's go back to Sculpin. Again, it's, sure. it's, it's, it's one of the more popular beers you've had. And it's got a lot of different iterations. What, what about that beer makes it open for a lot of interpretation for you guys? I, the hops have those aromas and flavors in, in their varieties. I mean, it, you know, it's... I don't I think every brewery <coughs> should experiment with the fruits to accentuate the hop flavors. It, it, it was an exciting project when we took it on. It's like, okay, you know, we have Amarillo and Simcoe in this beer, and they kick off this grapefruit rind kind of aroma. Why don't we accentuate that with actual grapefruit rinds? Right? And, that, and then... You start to pick up all these like nuances. Oh, this beer's got some. This hop has subtle pineapple, grilled pineapple aromas. What if we use grilled pineapple? You know, it's yeah. I mean, it started. It started for us even with on the sugars and that. Yeah, with the pineapple specifically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Before we got into the fruit beer so much, we always did a lot of fun things with with peppers. Uh, Ginger was always a big one. We do our ginger version of our big eye that we've been doing for a long, long time. We could test a batch in Firkins. Yeah, that's, yes. We do a Serrano version of our Kolsch and a Habanero Sculpin even. Yeah. Um, We just kind of like playing with those. And and fruits just kind of came as a secondary. After we kind of wore out all the herbaceous roots and and, uh, other fun spices. We played with a lot of those, but uh, the grapefruit certainly struck a chord and the grapefruit really led us and, you know, the people in our taster bar just like, dude, try something else. Make an orange one, make a peach one, do something. And so we did that. We'll have like, you know, I, whatever, hashtag IPA day. We'll let our brewers loose and just go mess around with all the IPAs that we have. You know, we don't have, we do have the R&D facility, but for a long, we didn't always, and for a long time, that was sort of a way to let our brewers have a little bit of free reign, is to let them take something that we make and put a spin on it, add coffee, add peppers, whatever it might be. And uh, the pineapple was one that kind of jumped out at one of those hashtag IPA days, and so, you know, we kind of all looked at each other, and they like, yeah, this is a pretty positive response. Let's let's move forward and see if we can sell some of this. And um, it's yeah. been, yeah, it's been pretty successful for us. But I think the grapefruit is, like... Was just such a home run. It's uh, yeah. that, that's the one. I don't know that we'll be able to make one as good as grapefruit again. We'll see. We'll try. It's not going to stop us from trying. That's true. You're listening to Project BGR. It's time for us to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more from James and Ryan from Ballast Point right after this. Hey, this is Aaron. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We've got some really awesome things that are coming soon that will help us engage with you some more. 
We're not going to lie to you, though. It takes time, effort, and money to produce this show every week. So if you'd like to be part of the Beer Guys family, we would love your help. Head to patreon.com slash beerguys to become a sponsor. We're not going to beg. Okay, maybe just a little bit. But hey, we've got some great swag for those who become a sponsor, and you'll be among the first to know about the great things that are coming to the Beer Guys universe. Again, that's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash beerguys. Or you can go to beerguysradio.com and click the sponsor link. We thank you for your support, and cheers. Welcome back to Project BGR. Let's listen in to the rest of our interview with James and Ryan from Ballast Points. Calm Before the Storm is another one that I kind of saw. Yeah. Now, is that a project of your R&D facility to put a coffee yep. in a cream ale? It's not necessarily something you... We Ryan, Ryan Rowland, straight yeah. roots to boots beer right it was, there. Yeah, it, was one of, it came out of our employee brewing program. Uh, so I don't know how familiar you are with... Uh, our employee program that we run at Ballast Point, we have a program called Roots to Boots, where every single employee gets to brew beer. Cool. It really is about 75% of the production of the R&D facility is employee-based production. So the only requirement is three plus, so you have a minimum of three people on a team, and we like to mix the crews. So it's accounting with production, with sales and marketing. You know, we're trying to get in the employees to engage each other. Sure. At this awesome facility with an awesome restaurant. And then, you know, we have some home runs that come out of it. We've had yeah. some dogs. We've had some home runs. Well, as you would expect. The, the guacamole yeah. beer was not good. Yeah. 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 We okay. give them yeah. free range. We tried, but it wasn't good. Don't 100% do that. creative yeah. freedom. We don't yeah. stifle anything. So you get the eyeballs. We brew, I, As a home brewer, I brewed a, uh, my buddy and I, this was his idea. I, I won't claim it. His idea. Uh, sun-dried tomato and basil saison. Like a pizza beer. So yeah. yeah. A lot of people know that, that that said it reminded them of pizza and that. So we had some, it came out extremely well. We had what we were going for. It was something that. It was tasty. It tasted good for what it was. We had one friend, though, that told us, he's like, I think you guys got exactly what you were going for here. I just don't want to drink it. It's funny. Yeah, that's totally they, fair. They, they don't work out there. So Now, you guys have just invested in a new facility uh, out east, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, I just broke ground a couple weeks ago. Yep. Yep. 259,000 square feet. Uh, yeah. that's a, 87 acres of land. That's a big old facility right there. So. Yeah. It's nothing right now. It's just an empty warehouse. Bones but uh, right we got uh, we're we're in the dirt right now, um, digging a pit for the bitchin' copper kettles that we got from Polliner. Yep. And pouring floor drains and, and all kinds of that fun stuff. So we're we're excited. We're, yeah, it's, halfway through next year, nice we'll hopefully start cranking out adventure. beer. Excellent. So we've seen a couple breweries coming to Virginia now, and that's you know Asheville, of course, North Carolina. That's been a hotbed. Mm-hmm. People coming there. Uh, why Virginia? They were very aggressive in courting us. Uh, totally. We've had the governor of Virginia in the building a couple of times. I have one of his bottles of wine in my house, in fact. But uh, they were just uh, actively pursuing uh, craft breweries to come to Virginia and really made it really easy and, and promised us uh, to help you know, help with any sort of uh, municipal hurdles we might come across when it comes to, you know, a project of this size. There's always something that goes wrong with storage or, you know, wastewater, sewage. Uh, There's just lots of different uh, um, sort of hurdles. And uh, they promised to be very helpful with us, much as the city of San Diego has been as well. Um, so that was uh, very enticing. And we found the right property, which was, uh, you know. Access to lanes, too. I mean, when you look at our portfolio, we're, we, you know, we're shipping a significant amount of beer out east, and it's like, yep. okay, well, if we take this model and we just say, okay, let's you know, see how much we're spending a month on freight, an East Coast brewery makes sense really quickly. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't remember the exact per- percentages, but I know a bulk of the population that southeast, you know, southeast part of the U.S. The, yeah, that there's a lot of people. Are, I notice yeah. that when I come out west a lot, you know, flying over, except for a lot of the major cities, it's pretty sparse out there. You know, yeah. you'll see uh, a lot of land and then a city full of people. So. And I-95 corridor, you know, yeah, you hit yeah. a lot of people right there up and down 95. And That's what they say. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's uh, Speaking of the governor of Virginia, you know, Terry McAuliffe, he, he's really a big craft beer fan, and I'm not trying to get into political things, but it's interesting because he, he brewed a collaboration beer with a bunch of uh, breweries down in uh, um, down in Richmond a couple of months ago, too. So, awesome. so kudos to the guy, to Virginia for making yeah, it. Go yeah, for it. Right? Of course. Beer. Yeah, exactly. It's good for us. We, we would like that in Georgia, but uh, we digress. As well. So, yeah. So, now, um, switching just a little bit, you guys have also made the jump into distilling for a while, and I don't know how much you guys know about that. We but, did that uh, for seven it, for, years or so. Yeah. Okay. We're starting to get it here in Georgia, too, so... Um, how's that going for you guys? I mean, well, so that we are on. We're trying to figure out the new 2.0 Ballast Point spirits. So part of the Constellation deal, they did not pick up our spirits portfolio. We kept the spirits name, mm-hmm. but the uh, founder and the head brewer of Ballast Point uh, left Ballast Point to go start a dis- start a distillery and took. Uh, that business with them. Okay. As part of the M&A. So you'll continue to see Fugu Vodka and Three Sheets Rum yep. and, and Old Grove Gin and those things in the market, Devil's Share Whiskey, uh, but they'll be under the Cutwater brand. So okay, we're okay. in the process of that transition right now. Uh, once that transition's complete, probably toward the end of the year, uh, we're going to relook at launching Ballast Point Spirits 2.0, but yep. we don't don't really have any news on that right now. We're focused on some other things, the East Coast that, Brewery. That East Coast expansion's a big okay. deal. It's yeah, a big job it's going to Absolutely. <laughs> So outside of that, guys, what's uh, what can we expect coming down the pipe from you guys? So uh, we're pretty pumped for a few brands that we hope to launch in you know the near future. We have a Red Velvet, uh, which you can drink at GABF if you're here. Uh, it's a uh, take uh, dehydrated beets to turn the beer red. Okay. Uh, and then we're using vanilla and cocoa nibs and chocolate. To make a like a red velvet cake inspired beer, nice. Which okay. is it's pretty good. It's drinkable. Bad. It's yeah. got it's got like a little bit of a chocolatey flavor, but it's got enough dryness to where it's not cloying. Good yep. stuff. Uh, we're messing around with uh, you know nitro. We're yeah. messing around with nitro. We've been doing stuff on draft for a long time, but we're starting to play with putting nitro beers in bottles. Yep. Um, you know, trying to with our new Long Beach facility, sort of uh, expand our sour slash funky beer program. Yep. Trying to do more things in that area. We're putting some um, good focus behind the sour program. Yeah, yeah like, and just okay. making dedicated teams and looking at doing some volume of sour beer instead of just putting our toe in the water. Yep, continuing to age stuff in barrels. Um, you know, we've got a, a pretty big barrel aging program. We've opened a couple new retail locations around Southern California in the last year or so. One of them in Temecula, a little bit more, you know, barrel focused, and then the Long Beach site. In, in addition to being the most awesome restaurant on the water that you could hope for, um, is also home to our our new sort of amped up sour program. So uh, that's that's. Uh, you know, just doing that and, and doing the things that we love. But, but I mean, the East Coast project is going to be a, a big one for us this year. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Guys, cool. anything else you'd like to add that maybe we we missed? We're just excited to no. be here again. Yeah, Good just deal. stoked to be here at the GABF. Can't wait for the uh, award ceremony tomorrow. And check out a uh, hopefully see a good representation from our friends across the country, especially our peeps in San Diego. And we awesome. s- seem to do well most years out here, so yeah. it's always good to high-five your friends, and, and hopefully we're able to do that tomorrow. Right. Cool. James, 
Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it, guys. Hey, Cheers, thanks guys. for having us. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Project BGR, and of course, special thanks to James and Ryan for taking time out to talk to us. Remember, Project BGR is available on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe and leave a rating because it, it really helps. Plus, tune into Beer Guys Radio every Saturday for all the news you need to know about the craft beer movement across the Southeast. We podcast that show, too, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for Beer Guys Radio. Cheers, and we'll talk to you next time.